0: Hello and welcome to episode 181 of Level Up Your Career with APMG. Welcome to 60 Minutes of Live Q&A, where your questions drive the show. My name is Stefan Brendel. On behalf of APMG, I am your host today. My colleague Adriana is present in the LinkedIn and YouTube chats. So please let us know your name and the city from where you are joining She will post a link for you to vote up the questions that you would like to see being answered and, of course, for you to add your own. If your question is selected, your name will appear in the credits at the end of the show. So get yours in early and stay with us to see that happen. Today we are going to discuss how to become a PPP, a public-private partnership specialist. Well, imagine a world where governments and business hold hands and infrastructure dreams come true. PPP specialists bring together businesses and entrepreneurs for cooperation. Now, how does that look in real life? Let's hear from our panel of experts who work across indices and time zones and who will provide practical examples, insights and hints about why PPP specialists are turning collaboration into the golden gates of progress. Sounds interesting? Well, then let's get started and meet our panel. Hello, panel. Abaya Agarwal is a partner at Ernest & Young in India, where he focuses on strategy and transactions. Instrumental in developing marquee infrastructure projects across many countries, Abaya has worked at the very heart of successful public-private partnerships. He's joining us from Delhi today. Welcome back to Level Up Abaya.
1: Thank you, Stefan. and thanks for joining us. Uh, just one correction: I'm just retired as partner, so I'm a freelancer, and I am also working with ENY as advisor.
0: All right. Okay. So, thanks for yeah. Thanks for making me smarter. <laughs> thanks, Thank thanks, Abaya. Also on our panel is Niananzo Ekanem. He has 20 years professional experience across public, private and development sectors and a good understanding of strategy and governance for business and government. Niananzo's work experience includes working in water infrastructure development and he's a contract manager for the federal government of Nigeria's Regulatory Agency for Public-Private Partnerships. Niananzo holds a Bachelor of Engineering, an MSC and an MBA. and he's joining us from Port Harcourt in Nigeria. Welcome to the panel, Nian Anzo:
2: Thank you very much, Stefan. Uh, it's good to be back here, and I look forward to a very interesting and engaging session with everyone. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Completing our small but powerful panel today is Andre Kruger, the CEO and lead trainer at PPP Training Online who have helped more than 500 practitioners achieve their CP3P qualification. Having worked with the World Bank, UK Prosperity Fund and many of the regional development banks, André helps his clients navigate the world of PPPs. He's joining us from Nairobi today. Welcome back, André. Good
3: day, Stefan. Thank you very much for the uh, introduction. We look forward to a productive session today.
0: So, yes, weather we will is
3: nice Thank you.
0: We will do. And today's question master is my dear colleague Charlotte Miller, who joins us from Reading in the UK. Welcome, Charlotte, and may we have a first question, please?
4: Certainly can, Stefan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode on public-private partnerships. Our first question for today is from Jeff in London. Jeff asks, where would the panel suggest I start in starting my public-private partnership career?
0: Okay, where would the panel just to start? What a good question to begin with. So let's hear from Andrew first and then from Abaya.
4: Thank you, Stefan.
3: So uh, uh, very interesting. Uh, In previous sessions, I would have said you start with the foundation course of the certified PPP professional program. But these days, I tend to uh, advise uh, our clients that they first do the, what can I call it, the in-house, in-country. Uh, training, understanding their own. Uh, I'm in Kenya right now, so for for Kenyan uh, candidates, we would recommend you do the uh, basic course uh, available uh, in Kenya, uh, getting to know the act, getting to know the relevant regulations uh, in Kenya. And once you have done that, uh, typically it's a one, two-day course. Once you have done that, uh, it is so much more uh, informative to move into the more formal certified PPP professional program. So that would be my advice.
0: All right. Thanks uh, for your advice, (laughs) Andre. And let's hear from Abaya, then.
1: I think my advice would be that, uh, first of all, see uh, where this PPP career, where you are, and where you are going. And what is your objective of uh, learning PPP? So if you have some hands-on experience as well, ongoing, with learning, that is even better. And uh, uh, in terms of PPP learning, I think APMG course uh, and the preliminary course is the best to start with. And uh, it will give you a lot of base. It will give you a lot of science about PPP. And start reading on the web. Start reading on the project, successful, failed project, etc. So develop your overall interest.
0: All right. Thanks. Uh... Abaya, and niananzo what's uh, what's your view?
2: Yeah, so where do you start? Start, start where you are. So um, I think the world has changed uh, significantly, so you don't have to uh, travel um, thousands of miles to get uh, uh, capacity improvement. So you can start where you are, either starting with reading books available to you or going online to read books, join online uh, training courses that are free um APMG has a few introductory courses you can you can start with, but also if you want to get uh, to the professional level of CP3P, meaning the certified PPP professional, then you can join that online as well. And so there are the in-person courses you can start with, but there are the online ones that are available to you and where you are. So I would say start where you are. Just start. Thank you.
0: Thanks, uh, Niananzo. I would just like to add that um, for the cp3p qualification at is offering we expect a lot from a trainer so when you're on that course um you can be sure that uh, those people who train you actually have proven experience they have proven their knowledge and everything um so just wanted to add that charlotte um i think we have some very active live viewers today uh, do we have live mm-hmm. questions
4: We do. We have um, a couple of live questions already, uh, Stefan. The first one is from Tosin, and it's slightly related to the first question. They ask, as a lawyer, what courses does one take to be a public-private partnership specialist? Are the courses internationally recognised, say, for job applications in other countries?
0: All right, um, so I think Andrew will, um, will start off with this and I'll leave it to Andrew to say how much it is recognized.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let, let's start with that, that part of the question. Um, uh, the certified PPP professional is indeed internationally accredited and um, worthwhile to, uh, to pursue. We've, uh, for, for example, in our training company, we've had guys from uh, specifically an engineer from the, uh, the DRC Uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo, and this guy was working in South Africa and wanted to go to Brazil. Uh, And uh, one of the uh, requirements the Brazilian company had is that, listen, complete your CP3P. You're a well-experienced engineer, and we will gladly uh, accept you. So yes, firstly, internationally recognized and some practical example. Maybe as a lawyer, uh, what I would recommend, and we've got two lawyers in our group of tra- uh, trainers uh, in our business, is start with your in the country that you work in, read the Act, read the policy, read the regulations, and become very familiar with those. Uh, speak to the lawyer in the PPP unit, those type of approaches um, I would uh, typically recommend. And then there's also some good material available within the World Bank Group. Uh, also on their website, specifically going to the PPP uh, component of the World Bank website. Thank you.
0: Okay, thanks, Andre. Good advice here. And Nia Nanzo, please.
2: Okay, so as, as a lawyer, you already have a, a very good background, uh, and so that's that's a positive for you, say plus. Uh, that means you, you have a, a good understanding of laws and regulations and also contracts because you see a lot of that in PPP. However, to be a PPP specialist, you need to go through the entire process of understanding how PPPs work. Starting with, uh, for instance, I will recommend um, um, the foundation level of CP3P because that gives you a broader view of the entire PPP framework, PPP process, and also understanding how the stru- PPPs are structured. If you want to become a specialist, you can now move on to the, um, the preparation level and the execution level. Uh, But as a lawyer, you have a good background and you can start with um, the foundation level of CP3P that gives you a broader understanding of PPPs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nia Nanzo. And as this was a live question, uh, so I want to say hello to all our visitors who are out there (coughs) and, um, and watching us. Hi, Rosemary from Manchester. Great to have you here on the show. And um there is Lola from Lagos in Nigeria. Well Nyananzo, there's somebody coming from the country you're in. That's great. Good to good to, to uh, have you here. And Caroline from Kenya is here. Um so happy to have you all here. In the show, I hope you enjoyed the rest. I think the, uh, the panel and I, we're going to have fun. And we're looking forward to all the questions that come in. That's what the guys are here for. to challenge them. Yeah? Ask them the questions you want the most answered. Okay? Charlotte, please, let's go to our next question. Uh,
4: thanks, Stefan. And um, we've got uh, another question from, um, uh, excuse me, on the pronunciation, abuka what is the distinction between a CP3P professionalism and an IP3 qualification?
0: All right, I think we have to clarify a few terms here. So I wonder, panel, who wants to go first with this? Um, I don't see any hands up. So I, I uh, visitors, you have to know I gave them not the warning that I will pick somebody. So I will start with Nia Nanzo and then come to Andre.
2: <laughs> okay so i mean um, ip3 is an is institute for public private partnership and um, it's, it's a like a company it's a company they deliver pvp training and so uh, when you complete ip3 training you can get certificates now for ip3 they have units you gain over a number of trainings and so th- those units build up for you to become a pvp professional right so you do a number of trainings and you gain units you now become a PP professional. However, for CP3P, uh, which is the Certified Public-Private Partnership Professional, is the APMG certification program. It means you go through training and you take an examination and if you pass the examination, you get a certificate. And these examinations have three levels, the foundation, preparation, and execution levels. So if you, if, if you pass all three levels, you become a certified, a, a CP3P, a certified PPP professional. But for each level, you get a certificate. It means for foundation, you get a CP3PF. It means CP3P Foundation for preparation. You get for preparation as well, and for execution the same thing. All three, you become a CP3P. That's just the difference. Thank you.
0: Thanks, uh, Anzo. That was quite clear, Andrew. you would like to add something?
3: Yeah, yeah. We've got a practical example. Recently, we were with a, with a training in Malawi uh, for the PPP unit, and uh, some of the PPP unit staff were already qualified using IP3, but uh, they told us that uh, IP3 has been sold, that they are not really at this stage active in the market. And um, at the end of the, uh, the, the courses that these guys took, they commented on the comparison between IP3 and CP3. And I, and I think maybe the value in that was, is that you look at uh, PPP type transactions, processes from different viewpoints. So for these guys in the PPP unit in Malawi, it was beneficial to, do, to firstly do the IP3. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get recognition uh, in the CP3 space, but still it was very beneficial for them then now to go through CP3P. And they say that having had that background, they are in a much better position now to, to fully develop projects and, and understand even better uh, the PPP markets. Thank you. All right,
0: All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Uh, Andre, yeah. And Andre um, and Charlotte, uh, can we go next? See what questions we have.
4: We certainly can, Stefan. We've got lots of live questions that are coming in. The next one is from Carolyn, and Carolyn asks, "I have a public-private partnership certificate from the World Bank Group in two thousand and fifteen. Where would I start with that?"
0: So. 2015 World Bank Group Certificate. Uh, Nia Nanzo seems to have the answer on this one.
2: <laughs> so, so I like it when you say, where will I start with that? Just start where you are. So a World Bank Certificate from PPP, I mean, that, those are online programs and some of them uh, in person, but the World Bank has been offering a free training, um, you know, and that's been very, very helpful. But it, it gives you the basic understanding of PPPs, uh, and now, if you want to get into the specialist area, so if you want to become a PPP specialist, then you have to up your game and do go ahead to do the CP3P program. With the World Bank PPP Certificate in um, uh, PPP, it, it's good because I know, I think I've done that course. Uh, it gives you case studies. It gives you a, a clear understanding of PPP framework and where the bank comes in to support um um just, uh, countries in terms of uh, developing their ppps and all that however to get the structured um, approach to um, ppps and also understanding the different levels of foundation preparation and execution of ppps then you have to go ahead to 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 do the uh, certification program uh, by the apmg cp3p thank you
0: yeah yeah <clears throat> thanks nehanson and so The title of the show is How to Become a PPP Specialist, and that's exactly what you highlighted, how to get there.
2: Yeah.
0: Thanks. Uh, Charlotte, let's move on, please.
4: Thanks, Stefan. Um, We've got another live question, and the next live question is from Dan Leon, and they ask, which career stream would a public-private partnership certification lend itself more to procurement, legal, or infrastructure policy? It seems to be a use-it-or-lose-it skill set.
0: Wow, interesting, Dalami. Yeah, well, would it be a use-it-or-lose-it use skill set? Let's hear from Abaya first and then from Andre. I
1: liked it, that use-it-or-lose-it skill set. Uh, Another time use it to sharpen it and uh, so, In terms of PPP certification, I think it gives you a kind of overall uh, uh, Expertise uh, if you have done all three courses about PPPs what kind of PPPs uh, How to prepare a project for PPP how to procure and how to monitor the project? So it takes you to all the three uh, and uh, but if you are a legal expert, then maybe legal or policy would be more interest to you. Uh, but if you are a procurement uh, uh, expert, and then procurement is very interesting, uh, including preparation, so you may be interested in that. But uh, overall uh, understanding of PPP across all three, which is very important.
0: Right. Uh, thanks, Abaya, and let's hear from Andrew.
1: Yes, yeah, Abaya. Um, just, just
3: adding to those, um, th- th- that's the, the, beauty, the beauty of PPPs, is, is, the, is the fact that you are working with, with different sectors. You are working with different disciplines, and it's, it's about the integration of all these disciplines. So, interesting also that uh, use it or lose it, I don't actually think so. I think the PPP skill set helps you to understand your, your fellow legal or finance uh, professional or even environmental professionals. So it's a, a very interesting uh, play. Um, some of the toughest, uh, some of the uh, disciplines that find it uh, the toughest from our perspective is uh, water scientists that take the course. They, they normally come to the course and say, oh, this is very difficult. We've got no legal, no finance, uh, no procurement background. We'll we be able to do it. And they do it very well, obviously very intelligent people. So yeah it's a, a a nice blending of all these different uh skill sets that, that actually make PPPs work.
0: All right. Uh okay thanks for good advice here and uh Nia Nanzo please.
2: Okay, uh, very interesting question. I like the you know use it or lose it. But I think I would I would either say it's update it or lose it, you know, or upgrade it or lose it because um, PPP is also very dynamic. Things change in the, the professional world. So whether it's engineering, whether it's the legal space, with COVID, we had to do a bit of you know review of how contracts are structured because the experiences from COVID actually changed a few things. So you need to update or lose it because if you don't update yourself in the PPP space, then you know you're left behind. Um, however, having a PPP certification. Um, you know, you can fit in excellently either within the legal or infrastructure policy space. Because um, if you go to the you know, vertical aspect of PPPs um, and you're focusing on legal, then you have a very in-depth understanding of structuring contracts and, and um, procurement, how you structure procurement and also how you look at infrastructure policy. So you can never lose it because um, it's, it's all the professional disciplines brought together to deliver um, value to, to the public. However, you can use that same skill, whether you're a procurement specialist or a legal expert or an infrastructure advisor, anywhere you wish to go. Thank you.
0: Yeah, don't lie me. you see, nobody really agrees on that. This is a use it or lose it uh, skill. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> at least that's a good outcome here. Um, Charlotte, can we have our next question, please?
4: Certainly can, Stefan. We have another live question, and this live question is from Alex. And Alex asks, would it be recommended to take a project finance course or even an MBA to be a PPP
1: specialist?
0: Uh, Okay, Abaya has already made up his mind, so let's start with Abaya.
1: So I I will recommend that if you can do MBA with specialization in project finance is best because MBA gives you all the tools marketing finance and then you can specialize in project finance. Project finance is a technical word for uh, usual PPP. The recourse is only on the cash flow of the project rather than the uh, you know promoters. So, but in order to do a project finance, you should have all the streams of the finance first, that you can appreciate it better.
0: Hey, thanks, Abaya, Andre. Andre, would you like to agree, disagree, or just add on?
3: <laughs> just add on. I think Abaya dealt with it very, very nicely. Um, yeah, yeah. So do both. <laughs> why? Why choose between them? So, so we do find that uh, PPP specialists. Uh, after having completed the CP3P, uh, in addition, will decide in the interest, the area that that is of interest to them. So they may, if they are lawyers, they will obviously dive deeper into the legal aspects. If they are finance orientated, they will dive deeper into the project finance space or an MBA, uh, myself, uh, an MBA and then specialized on the project finance. So I'm recommending just do both.
0: Uh, All right. Thank you. Nia Nanzo, would you like to agree, disagree, or add on?
2: Oh, just, just to add on, I agree. But I think uh, importantly, please, um, these these preliminary uh, courses shouldn't be a barrier. Um, because from experience, we've seen, I, I can give a good example. We have someone that's now a, a, PVP, a CP3P uh, certified uh, that is from the human resources. And so when she started, she was concerned that, look, I don't have the background in legal or finance or engineering, so I, I don't think I will make it. But I will say, look, no, um, just have the basic understanding of um, basic education you need to understand and uh, understand projects, understand policies and all that. And you're fine. And so project finance or MBA shouldn't be a barrier to becoming a PEP specialist. However, if you have them, they are added advantage for you to be a specialist. It helps you move faster. However, they shouldn't be a barrier shouldn't stop you to, to becoming a specialist. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Charlotte, how, how does it look like? Have you bypassed the, the, the dynamic of the live questions and give them a break and look at what has been submitted before?
4: Yes, we've got a question um, from Ionis. Um, does participation in irrelevant webinars count towards becoming a CP3P professional?
0: A. Participation in relevant webinars abaya I come to you first
1: I, I think CP3p what is my understanding is purely exam based those three uh, project uh, three uh, levels however each webinar each uh, case study each participation in different kind of knowledge building exercise is always helpful towards your understanding about PPP, which will help you eventually in becoming a CP3P professional.
0: Thanks. Uh, Abaya and Niananzo, your view, please.
2: Yeah, point blank answer, no, doesn't. Now, with um, other courses, I mean, other you know, PPP courses, you can gain units. You know, that's what IP3 used to do. You can gain units when you attend some different trainings and courses. However, for CP3P, is specifically, you must take an exam. Uh, and you are assessed based on your score. And if you fail the exam, you don't get the certificate, and you pass the exam, you get the certificate. And so that's the difference between uh, the CP3P and other PPP certification programs. For CP3P, you have to take the exam to become a CP3P professional.
0: Yeah, all right. Okay, that was was a good hint. Again, Charlotte, we had so many questions in advance and now uh, probably coming in live, I don't know. But let's move on.
4: Thanks, Stefan. This is one of our pre-submitted questions from the same person. My recently graduated colleague has joined our company and wants to know if he's eligible to study for CP3P.
0: Okay, I start with Andre. Thank you, Stefan.
3: So, firstly, yes, uh, such a person would be eligible. Would I recommend that personally? Uh, I would rather recommend uh, this colleague to maybe uh, just uh, do a bit of work. So I, I, I read a recently graduated graduated colleague. So I would recommend that this person maybe do some practical work, get a build get up a bit of ex, uh, a little bit of experience, and then maybe tackle the the, the CP3P foundation course. So I would caution, uh, but but then again, there's nothing wrong uh, in in another situation we are specifically delivering not not a foundation course, but a, an abbreviated version of that to, to postgraduate students. But, but in this case, I would still recommend uh, maybe I'll just hold back a little bit and then go for it. Maybe a year, maybe two years. It depends from individual to individual.
0: Great advice here. Very practical. Thanks, André. And uh, Niananzo, your view, please.
2: Okay. Um, if your colleague is eligible Yes, if the company uh, approves that, <laughs> because uh, we can't approve eligibility. However, um, um, yes, it's, I mean, you can't start your CPTP journey from being a recent graduate. Uh, but I think I agree with Andre, um, having a bit of experience that way, um, what, you, what you see in the course will not be too strange. But also there are short courses you can take, you know, just to understand policy, understand regulation, understand contracts. These short courses can be, you know, just hours or two, three days courses. Those things can help you build up towards uh, starting your foundation uh, certification program. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nian Nanzo. All right, let's move on, Charlotte.
4: Stefan, we have loads of live questions coming in. Um, And the next live question that I'd like to ask is from Adi MP. I am, a recu- my teeth in, sorry. I am a procurement expert. Will PPP strengthen my skill set until I find a specific PPP project to work on? I wondered if it's potential use to me.
0: <clears throat> well, thanks for the question, Adi. Uh, personally, I would think, why not? But let's hear from our panel. Andre to start with, then Ananzo and then Avaya.
3: Thank you. That, that, that is an interesting question because PPPs inherently uh, uh, mean it's an alternative procurement methodology. Not, not everyone look at it from that perspective. So to that extent, I would agree with you, Stefan, that it definitely uh, enhanced the understanding. And I want to use some practical example again. So what we find getting involved uh, in Botswana, for example, Botswana is busy with two very big water projects. Um, And um, whenever the procurement team becomes involved for the first time, they are so uh, tightly knitted around the the traditional procurement models that it's very difficult for them to understand. Obviously, they understand once they have gone through a process. Uh, but, but, But if you just start codely with a PPP project, it takes a while before you actually inherently understand the principles relevant the life cycle costing issues that that you don't that you don't concern yourself with in traditional procurement so uh, my short answer is absolutely it it just broad, broadens your 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 whole view of life and you may know that in certain countries governments may want to say that listen for projects above a certain value dollar value euro value whatever um, we want you to consider all projects to be procured above those values, maybe on a PPP basis. So you use the procurement model as a decision making factor.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Andre. And uh, let's hear next from Leonardo.
2: So, as a procurement specialist or a procurement expert, uh, PPP will be quite interesting for you because it, PPP is all about um, uh, procurement. So, so from the you know project um, screening stage, where for conventional uh, procurement you look at uh, needs needs assessment or needs of the project you want to procure, to you know uh, preparing this project as and as a procurement expert as well, you know how to prepare your tenders and all that, and also looking at the contract. Uh, it will be quite an interesting uh, journey for you to be part of the PVP space. And I can I can assure you that uh, the skill sets you will gain because PVPs are a bit more uh, complex compared to conventional procurement of either supply or build only. With PVPs, you now have a build, operate uh, contracts or build, operate them. Um, and own contract or design and build contracts. So that makes makes it a bit more complex compared to conventional procurement. And so for a procurement expert, it will be you know, quite an interesting uh, thing for you to do, to be part of the PPP space. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Niananzo. And Abaya, what's your view? Well, Abaya, unfortunately, um, we can't hear you at the moment. So um, sorry for that. Um, I think, Charlotte, we just have to go on to the next question and keep a commentary for next round.
4: Um, hey, thanks, Stefan. Uh, we've got a follow up question from Adie, who's just asked the last question. Um, they want to know Is PPP exam based um, on requires some spef- specific PPP experience?
0: Um. Andrei, I think you will shed some light on this, right?
3: Yes. Um, again, it's, it's a very relevant question. And, and the short answer is, is no. That you, you, you will be able to, to read the study material, participate in a training session, and you will be able to pass the course. So it's not based on uh, necessarily having, having experience. I, I think it just helps to understand uh, the, 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 the field Uh, Let's say it's a port project. Uh, It will just help you to understand a little bit more about uh, important issues that's relevant to a port feasibility study. So obviously every sector differs. uh, So it it helps to have some background on, on the sector that you will be working in or sectors that you will be working in.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks. I think the PPP experience, we request them from trainers, but not from candidates, right? But let's hear from Niananzo. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, so so uh, very good question. So we've had experience where um, uh, someone is certified and has passed all three levels of uh, foundation, preparation, execution uh, for CP3P, and they don't have experience. And uh, from our uh, you know working with such people, we've seen the gap between having the knowledge but also um, having the experience. So it's always good to have the experience. But um, not having experience is not a barrier to, to you know, passing the examinations. You can actually read and pass, but experience will come in very handy if you want to be um, a PPP specialist, because your experience will count when you're delivering projects. Thank you. All right, thanks.
0: Well, <clears throat> then let's uh, move on. We have, we have so many reactions and live questions and uh, questions that have been submitted before. Charlotte, let's just move on.
4: Thanks, Stefan. I've not warned the panel about this live question because it's just come in. Um, we've got another question from Dan Larmy. Is the APMG CP3P PPP certification becoming a de facto standard for potential recruitment into PPP roles?
0: Well, well, I think with, uh, this, although it's an APMG certification, it, it has some banks backing it up. Including the World Bank, but let's hear from our panel. André, we start with you.
3: Yeah, that's also a very interesting question. Um, I I think the uh, uh, international accreditation, more than 10,000 students worldwide, I definitely think that the momentum is building up and there's more and more people taking the, the courses and more and more governments uh, realizing the importance of having qualified and experienced people in these roles, um, so uh, thinking about South Africa, uh, what we find is that people coming in, into the PPP unit uh, of, of the South African government, they are typically quite qualified with a master's degree uh, in finance, in legal, environment, uh, uh, engineering, etc., etc. In that space, it is not yet a requirement. The same with Malawi, the same with Botswana, the same with Ethiopia. But I think uh, more and more, uh, some of my colleagues will also do the same, but we tend to focus quite a bit on PPP units when we do this training. And more and more, you will find uh, PPP units uh, upskilling their whole team. Uh, and, And that normally is the sort of the token, the lead for other line departments within government to do that. So in short, um, I don't think it's there yet, but definitely developing very nicely. Thank you.
0: All right, thanks. Uh, So let's then hear from uh, Nian
2: Okay, so uh, becoming de facto standard for for recruitment, I I would say no, uh, not yet. I I mean, using not yet, you know, because um, it's becoming very, very popular. There are some countries we never thought um, uh, the CP3P will penetrate heavily and become like the standard for, for you know, delivering PVP projects. And to be a PVP specialist on a team, you have to have a, a certification. However, um, it's very, very good to have the experience because experience comes in handy when you're delivering projects. But with experience, add CP3P certification, then become a very, very good uh, PVP uh, specialist because development partners or international development finance institutions look for PPP, CP3P specialists to be part of projects, particularly PPP units, mm-hmm. because that knowledge of the CP3P, the entire uh, uh, chain of the CP3P comes in handy uh, when you're delivering projects. However, I would also say experience you know, comes in very, very handy as well. So not yet, but um, it's, it's something that's looking like the APMG curriculum. It's a very, very good knowledge base for PPPs, and, and, and all PPP units across the world are appreciating that very well. Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, thanks for <clears throat> shedding some light on this question, Dan Lamy, I hope you're a bit smarter now. <laughs> I would like to have a look, and uh, <clears throat> our visitors here. Hello, Abbas from Pakistan says, Muhammad. Um, hello, great. Great to have you here on the show from Pakistan. And, um, there's, um, Assad joining us from Saudi Arabia. Many greetings to, to Saudi Arabia here. Um, and it, we have so, we get so many questions from, from you guys and, uh, we really appreciate you joining that show. Corinne from Benin. Hello, Corinne. Good to have you here. That's what we're here for. We're running this show for you. It's not just a show. It's actually real, valid content. And we very much appreciate that you take that on for you. Hello, Gerhard from Nairobi. Nairobi seems to be (laughs) a dominant place at the moment, uh, with Andrew being in in Nairobi. Thank, Thank you all. And I think we just move on to our next question, Charlotte.
4: Thanks, Stefan. Um, We've got another um, question that was pre-submitted from a Dr. Daniel Muggetti-Gitti. I am a Kenyan working in the public sector. Do we have local training programs for PPPs and can we develop local training programs since PPP is key now?
0: Good to hear that PPP is key now. Daniel. I know that there are training companies offering CP3P trainings in Kenya. I think there are four or five. You can, all of you can always find that when you go on the APMG website, look for find a training provider, type in the country, and you see who's offering there. But the question is more than just are there trainings. There's more to that. So I would like to start with Andrew and then with Niananzo.
3: Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, so specifically for Kenya, uh, you may, uh, people working in this space will be aware that the World Bank assisted Kenya to refine uh, the, the PPP Act that was promulgated December 21. Uh, the PPP unit is busy with the regulatory part of it. Uh, it will soon go to Parliament uh, to get the regulations approved. So I would guess the the first thing to do in the Kenya space is get to know the the new regulations uh, that is about to be promulgated, I hope, before year end. And then uh, after that, participate in the CP3P. Uh, Just as a matter of interest, we are assisting the PPP unit to develop a PPP program specifically for counties in Kenya. So, yeah, so in short, um, and there are various others also, as Stefan said, that will, with the CP3P or even other short courses, I think Nianzo also referred to that earlier on. There's a number of companies that also provide different short courses focusing on different parts of the CP3P or parts of the PPP process. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks, Andre. And Nianzo, your view, please.
2: Okay, so I mean, Kenya—it's an active, um, in, you know, space. In uh, I mean, PPP is very active there right now, um, and I can tell you, uh, we supported—you know—working with the World Bank, supported uh, some of the county governments to improve capacity, but also working with the Treasury and the PPP unit to to also improve capacity. Um, you know, that was between twenty twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, and um, and we met a few uh, people, you know, delivering PPP uh, training in Kenya. So, yes, there are um, opportunities for training programs in Kenya for PPPs. However, there are also a few um, um, ATOs are accredited training organizations in Kenya uh, delivering CP3P training. So, um, whether it's for basic knowledge of PPPs where it's not certified program, there are people delivering that training. So, you can actually um, you know, want to engage with the uh, PPP unit in Kenya because they have all these uh, contacts they are working with and that can help your your department or your agency uh, improve capacity. Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, Thanks, Nia Nanzo. And Daniel, I hope this gives you some more insight and some answers to your question. Let's move on, Uh, Charlotte, with the next question, please.
4: Thanks, Stefan. We've got another question from Jeff in London. and Jeff asks, why did the panel get involved with public-private partnerships?
0: Well, that seems to be a question that addresses you guys personally at the panel. Um, Why did you, how, and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting to hear that from you. And we start with Abaya, followed by Niananzo and Danandro.
1: I think everybody's journey would be different. So I did my MBA and I specialize in project finance. I got exposed to... um, project financing techniques etc and then uh, it so happened that i had started a ppp unit within my company which was a public sector company and we handled many road and railway projects so uh, the interesting thing was i think i was lucky because got consulting opportunity as well as as a developer opportunity to bid for the projects so and then uh, after initial working, uh, developing a knowledge on its own or through MBA, then I started learning more through various courses. APMG was the last straw in my hat, uh, which came about five years back, though my career started about 20 years back in PPP.
0: All right. So thanks thanks for giving, giving some insight from your personal career, Baya. And let's hear next from Nyananzo.
2: Okay, so why, why get involved? I mean, it's obvious it's the next big thing. I mean, so it's, it's, it's what's happening now is just the best way to deliver infrastructure, bringing in expertise, bringing in the right finance, and also bringing in the right people to have a long-term, sustainable, and inclusive infrastructure. So PPPs um, have, have shown that you uh, can deliver value to users. Um, I started as an engineer, so I started with the consulting space, joined construction. While working for a construction company, uh, we built an asset, and um, the owner of the asset said, look, why don't you manage the asset? So that was the first exposure for me, uh, delivering an operation where we get to pay, where we deliver value, and we deliver certain levels of service level, and we get paid based on service level. So then I didn't even know about what PPP means, but we're already delivering projects that could be termed PPPs because we moved from construction and we've now started operating the asset over five years and over 10 years. And that was when um, I built my interest and also um, experiencing PPPs. Now I'm going into working for government and also working for consulting firms or development institutions that really exposed me to the knowledge and um, you know, the theory part of PPPs before going into APMG to understand them. Um, how the curriculum can be done better. And with APMG, it's, it's a continuous improvement process where we basically send in, in um, you know, uh, experiences to improve the curriculum. So that, that's why APMG is quite interesting for me. Thank you.
0: All right. Okay. Thanks, Ananso, for your insights. And let's hear finally from Andre.
3: Yes, that's uh, a number of years ago. Um, when, when uh, the world was still not in war with itself. <laughs> now, what happened is I'm an ex-banker. I worked in the banking community uh, my, literally my whole career. The last 20 years in banking, we spent working in public sector space. We granted loans uh, through our bank uh, right through Africa to state-owned companies, governments, municipalities, etc. I came, became involved in, in, in the credit management part of it. And then in the last 15 years of the bank, I became involved in PPPs. And we had to, in our bank, uh, create a new similar uh, PPP unit, similar to (laughs) Abeya, in these organizations. We started becoming involved in PPPs and um, it it has actually led and just snowballed. Uh, So uh, our very first project uh, when I left the bank was to assist the South African PPP unit that has been been going for about 20 years. We help them to to the, to design new training courses uh, that, that, that have been used also quite widely across across the continent yeah so uh, a very nice history and I think we in the next few years we're going to see hundreds of new PPPs, um, thousands probably in Africa there are some countries with pipelines of a hundred plus uh, projects that are in development, even here in Kenya i mean they 've just brought to market thirty damn PPPs and there's another seventy that they may want to consider. Yeah, a very interesting space, thank you.
0: I agree, it's a very interesting space and it's growing. Um, We we want to move on, and I would like to cover a couple of more questions within the hour that we have. Charlotte, can we move on, please?
4: Yeah, um, Stefan, the next question is from Sven Kanter. Where do PPP fail the
0: most? All right, short answers, please, panel. Uh, start with a buy yeah. and then followed by Nia Nanso.
1: I think unrealistic risk allocation uh, is the primary reason. And that could lead to, say, uh, enhanced understanding of revenue, either on the government part or private sector part. And then the risk of financial closure not happening or irrational bidding. Uh, and lot of legal and contractual litigations which can happen because they were not taken into
2: account from the beginning
0: thanks abaya ananzo where do ppps fail the most
2: where where they are badly prepared so if you if you poorly prepare your project they will fail that's it
0: all right thanks thanks for that um, so swan hope that uh, that uh, covers your uh, question Charlotte, we have time for one more, I think.
4: Thanks, Stefan. We've got our final live question, and we've sort of covered this, but some of it we've not. So the question is from Juliana What preliminary steps in terms of study resources, skills, communities to join, etc., can I take to prepare myself for a career as a certified PPP specialist?
0: All right. Um, panel, you can please keep this short as well. Andre. let's start with you.
3: Yes, m- maybe at a very basic level is, is start reading. Uh, and, and I assume you, you are reading, so maybe extend the reading and focus on PPPs. It's amazing what uh, the, big, the huge volume of material available regarding PPPs, sectoral PPPs, um, is available worldwide. But maybe the easiest one is go to the World Bank blocks and uh, you will find a very rich uh, body of knowledge thank you
0: thanks andre and then abaya please
1: yeah i agree with andre so you know go through library of case studies what kind of projects how they were structured whether they were successful not successful world bank asian development bank african development bank uh, they are rich libraries uh, of projects and material And then you can also, the APMD resource uh, material is really interesting, very easily drafted, and you will like to read it.
0: Okay, thanks very much. And let's finally hear from uh, Nia Nanzo.
2: So in terms of skills, I mean, I've told someone recently, look, um, it's a multidisciplinary space. Even if you're a political scientist or a microbiologist, you've got a role to play in PPP projects so you can find yourself in there. Um, in terms of engagement, there are quite a number of forums online, whether on LinkedIn or whether on Twitter, you can join these forums, either APMG or the World Bank or PPIAF or, or, or IFC, that there's several platforms about PPPs that you can join and start learning. But also there are online courses, short courses that you can, you can start learning that are free and um, you know, that can start building your your career towards becoming a certified specialist.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Nyanandro. Thanks, panel. And thanks to everyone so far. It's time for closing remarks. So what what is it that you still want to uh, tell our viewers or well, we couldn't cover and also keep that short, please? And I start with Andrew.
3: So what to add? I think we've had a really rich discussion. Uh, maybe uh, for those that are starting new in, in this uh, PPP sector is uh, start reading, uh, <laughs> uh, take up your studies, uh, dive into a project. Uh, there's a huge shortage of project managers, so governments typically where they want to develop a project, they need to point a project team. There's not enough people going around on the continent, African continent, if I can just stick with that for, for the moment. There's not enough contract managers to oversee these projects over the life of the projects. So very important, uh, maybe we say, just do it.
0: Thank you. All right. Thanks, Andre. And Abaya, would you like to agree? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I agree, Andre. uh, But I will say that if you're really, really beginner, I think some of the sites like UNSCAP has very interesting training, which is kind of cartoon-based or similar linear uh, sketches uh, which explains the concept in a very uh, simple terms, and then just keep on building upon it. And live project cases will really make you interested in this field.
0: Thanks, Abaya Nia Nanzo, your closing remarks, please.
2: Yes, yeah, just to say that um, you can start where you are. Uh, you can start with what you have. You can start with the access you have, whether it's Twitter, whether it's LinkedIn. You know, there are several platforms you can start learning whether it's going to the World Bank side or APMG side, look at short courses, look at introductory courses, and that can just begin your journey because the first thing about PPPs is having the interest. If you don't have the interest, you need to you know, be clear on that early on. But if you've got the interest, then you can just start, and that will build up. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you all. Charlotte, that was a dynamic show, wasn't it? What's your closing remarks?
4: It was a fast and a furious show, Stefan. We've, we've not asked or answered so many live questions before in a show. And uh, we do have to apologize. We didn't get through all of the live questions, but we will ask them next time. Thank you to our panel. Um, thank you to our audience. Couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much. And I'm yeah. pleased to have a rest from saying PPP now.
0: Yeah, right. Thank you very much. Thanks, panel. Uh, and also thank to all our producers, which is you, you out there, you are our producers because you're producing these questions. You've done a great job, and like I said earlier, watch out for your name um, in the credits when your question has been selected. By the way, over on our website, you can search for answers to almost or even more than two thousand questions. In the meantime, it's a comprehensive free resource and it connects you with more than 200 experts from around the world. If video isn't your first choice, you can also listen to the audio versions of the shows on your preferred podcast platform. Please take a moment to like, comment, share, and subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything, and it really helps new folks discover our content. On Monday, we will have a short break, so our next show will be on Friday, the 1st September. When we want to shed some light on what it takes to become an agile change agent. On Monday, the 4th of September, we will dive a bit deeper into how to become a business relationship manager. And on Friday, the 8th of September, we will explore your must have project management templates. Shows on Friday start at 1400, 2 p.m. Shows on Monday start at 8 a.m. in British summertime. Subscribe to Level Up and we will send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day, great weekend, and see you next Friday.